In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the Gospel, our Lord says, Make unto the friends of the mammon of iniquity, that when you shall fail, they shall receive thee into everlasting dwellings. Our patron, St. Francis de Sales, explains these mysterious words of our Lord in saying that they can be applied to our doctrine of purgatory. A twofold doctrine is based on two great pillars of our faith. The first, that there is a place or a state for souls who leave this life in God's friendship, that is, in the state of grace, but with venial sin or punishment attached to their sins, yet to expiate. And the second pillar of our faith, which explains all that we do today, is that those who are in this state can be helped by our prayers, and especially by the most holy sacrifice of the Mass. It is by what we do today that we may say, in a mysterious way, we are making friends. Yes, even making friends of the mammon of iniquity. That is to say that we are making use of our time, all the things that we have at our disposal in this world, in order to offer up prayers and sacrifices for those whom we most certainly should consider our friends. Those who have gone before us in the sign of faith. What better friends can we make throughout this month devoted to these holy souls? So many of them are those we knew and loved here in life. Every time we celebrate All Souls Day, we reflect that there were those here with us last year who are no longer with us for this year's celebration. As we so often say at funerals, we consider the words of so many great saints who were moved to conversion simply by looking upon a catafalque or a casket as we can today and declaring what he was, I now am, and what he is, I soon will be. This is the thought which the Church wishes to impress upon our minds, especially in this Mass, which is the one celebrated solemnly on this day, found in the Missal as the first Mass of All Souls Day, where we have the great doctrine of the resurrection, but in a fashion which we do not always consider very profoundly but we are invited to do so today. In our Holy Latin version of the Scripture, we find today's epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians, this mysterious phrase, Brethren, 
Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall all indeed rise again, but we shall not all be changed. This reading, which is found in the Latin Vulgate, corresponds perfectly with the words of our Lord, which we hear today. Wonder not at this, for the hour cometh, wherein all that are in the graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that have done good things shall come forth unto the resurrection of life, but they that have done evil unto the resurrection of judgment. Truly, we cannot deny that we shall all rise again, good and evil. Those who have taken part in this gift of life for only a few seconds, and those who have lived to ripe old age, all of us must rise again one day with our bodies. But in these mysterious words of St. Paul today, we shall all indeed rise again, but we shall not all be changed. This has always been interpreted by the fathers and theologians as referring to the difference in the resurrection of the wicked from the resurrection of the just. We shall all rise again with bodies that shall never again decay. They shall never again convert to dust. But the bodies of the just will be endowed with perfect impassibility, freedom from all suffering, perfect agility, and surpassing beauty. Whereas the bodies, the resurrected bodies of the wicked, shall never again turn to dust, but shall not enjoy any of these other gifts. They shall be completely capable of suffering. And this explains that other phrase of our Lord when he refers to the torments of hell as the worm that dieth not. That is, no more shall worms be able to devour our bodies in such a way that they cease to be. No, all shall be reunited with their bodies forever. And our bodies, as is just, will take part in whatever reward is due to our souls. For our bodies here in this life have participated in all of our acts, good and evil. These, then, are the sobering thoughts which the Church calls to mind in this first Mass of All Souls Day. We turn, then, our hearts and all of our thoughts toward those who have gone before us, who are not yet reunited with their bodies, but whom we justly hope are counted among the faithful departed. For they have, as we say in the canon of the Mass, taken their leave of this life in the sign of faith. We cannot be sure where they are. We cannot be absolutely certain that they died in the state of grace. But all signs pointed to this. Nor can we be sure, then, whether they are among the church suffering or already entered into the church triumphant. Nevertheless, we call these souls today our friends. And we make them our friends by offering them all we can offer them, considering it 
a very great work of mercy. In those beautiful words of the Old Testament, where we find this truth already expressed in the Maccabees, it is a holy and just thought to pray for the dead, that they may be loosed from their sins. This doctrine of praying for the dead runs so counter to modern thinking that it bears every year some short explanation. Even those who do not understand or accept our religion would perhaps consider this doctrine of praying for the dead and ask the question, why, though, do you spend any time on this? You know from your faith that those who have left this life in the state of grace will one day enter heaven. It is true, even if we never raise up so much as one caring thought toward the souls in purgatory, they will all nevertheless one day arrive at heavenly bliss. This, however, is not the language of the saints. On the last day, we shall all be judged on our works of mercy. We shall all be judged on our love. We are not to consider our works of mercy in utilitarian terms. It would be far from the thoughts of a Christian to declare, no, I shall not spend any time praying for the dead. I shall focus my efforts on more pressing needs, praying for the conversion of sinners, those whose salvation is not yet assured. God does not ask this of us. He does not ask us to abandon our friends in purgatory in order to pursue other works, however just they may be. No, we shall be judged on our love. And what more perfect act of love can there be than to raise up our hearts in prayer for those who are God's friends and our friends, and in an act of pure love to help them on their way to their heavenly home. These holy souls will be there to greet us on our judgment day, when our Lord, with smiling eyes, will look upon us and say, as we know he shall one day say to all of us, I was in prison, and you visited me. As you have done unto the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen.